Ooh. What's spooky, everybody? It's Jet Black Extreme, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Home Podcast. With me today is the Fancy Club President, Coco Gossip. How are you doing today, sir? Man, I am doing pretty good right now. Now, I know I'm time recording. I've already mentioned this before about the fact that I've already put on the Land of Mythos channel onto our Discord. So please show some love there. We're going to talk, I love talking about all forms of mythology and things like that there. But I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that because I'm ready to dive into what we got to talk about today. Indeed. And before we talk about today's topic, I would like to say that I'm in a very celebratory mood. Like, it's the holiday season coming up. I'm getting more hours at the job. That means more money. And also, we got 500 people in the Discord server. I'm going to leave a link in the description. And I decided, fuck it. I'm working on the Patreon today. So I'm working on that now. I'm going to have that launched maybe later on today, um, time of recording being uh, October 9th, 2022. And yeah, like I feel like there's just so much good things happening now. So getting the ball rolling, I'm very glad about that. So eventually I'm going to attach the link to the Patreon to the episodes as well. And yeah, uh, let's also talk about something that we're about to celebrate. Uh, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War Art is premiering tomorrow on Disney Plus and Hulu. So if y'all are excited as we are, then those are the two streaming services that you can use to watch the show. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. In celebration of Bleach making a comeback, we are doing a Bleach Extreme review going all the way back into the Substitute Soul Reaper arc. So let's go ahead and jump into the DeLorean and go back in time on this one. <laughs> so without further ado, let's zone in on it. Now, Pokey, I said, yes. how do you feel about Bleach? So here's the thing, man. Like, Bleach came out, like, you know, back when we was in school and stuff. Like, we was in, shoot, we was in elementary and middle. I think we was in middle school. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah. Bleach came out. We, we was young. Um, yeah. I really liked Bleach. I was watching it for a while on Tsunami. And then I, I, I stopped after a while. Like, I think it was, like, right before the Aronkar arc because the fillers in Bleach just was not that good. <laughs> just mm-hmm. being honest. <laughs> 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 it was the best. You hear, like, we, you know, matter of fact, before we even hopped onto this, you know, Jeff, like, you and I was just talking about how fillers in so many other different anime, like Dragon Ball Z, and of course, in My Hero, um, in, uh, My Hero Academia fillers, as well as also um, Patrick Hill, Hitman Reborn fillers, all of them was, like, really good fillers. But then Bleach fillers was, like, eh. They had one good filler, which was the Zompato Rebellion arc. Yeah, that filler, that that filler was really good. So we, we no, we definitely don't talk about that one too. But other than that, it there really wasn't. The other fillers kind of suck. Just being honest, <laughs> so I had stopped for a while. But I just want to get a chance to shout out to YouTubers Tommy, um, G Tommy ninety seven, um, DBZ Mrom on YouTube, who wound up doing in depth bleach analysis on the characters, the stories, and things like that, because 
Bleach anime and the manga can get hella confusing. And hey, I've talked about uh, this. Just throwing out there too. Uh, yeah. Totally not Mark on YouTube just started a review on Bleach as well. Um, shout out to him, and he <laughs> fucking nailed the uh, substitution Yami art. To be honest with you, not to regurgitate everything he was saying, but hey, I agree. I mean, hey, so we, we got some from different sides. So you got some from his side, and you also your own opinions, and I have my opinions, and also from the two that I mentioned. So this is pretty, pretty this would be a pretty good collaboration and stuff. But yeah, um, so yeah, it was kind of weird based on how the arcs went. The fillers is, is it lost me, and then but you know once I saw the in depth analysis, and we have mentioned before about how in Japan mangas and video games have a thing called light novels as well, and unfortunately for us in America, light novels do not come out here in America in order right. to read the light novels. But before to really read the light novels, you had to have someone who bought the light novel translated it in whatever language that you speak and then see if you can buy the translated version to understand the stories where the other way to do it is just buy the light novels from japan itself have it shipped all the way to you paying all the international fees and stuff and then translate it yourself <laughs> so you can figure it out now <laughs> you can go to the bleach fandom with on wikia they actually have a segment of novels where they don't translate it, but they've given a brief summary of what is included in the light novels. So you can kind of understand a little bit more. If you don't read the light novels, a lot of Bleach is not going to make sense to you. But yeah. Kubo has had a lot of issues with Shonen Jump. I mean, they're still working together, obviously, so I'm not shotting anything. But it's very well known that Kubo has had some troubles with Shonen Jump. So... <laughs> Look, let me go back. Just a brief, quick history on Bleach. The first right. novel, the first manga that Kubo wrote was Zombie Powder. He loved this series. Mm-hmm. He was all into it. The fans, however, were not. <laughs> and Shonen Jump <laughs> was not. It was, was really sucked. So what happened was, is that Kubo had this, he, he made this manga. It was picked up by Shonen Jump in 1999. But then it was canceled the very next year in 2000 um, after only having 27 chapters because it just was not doing well. Mm. So Kubo still had a partnership with Shonen Jump that had not expired yet. So he still had, in a sense, like a second chance to kind of do something. So he wrote the story of Bleach. Now, of course, in that one, Ichigo Kurosaki had black hair before he changed it, you know, because Ichigo means strawberry. So before he wound up changing his hair to being a redhead. But originally he had black hair. Um, but he wound up doing right. a quick. It's kind of hard I, to tell because it's like, we, we just assume mm-hmm. that Ichigo has orange hair, but it's like a strawberry red. So here's the thing though Kubo does not do the coloring. <laughs> you can blame uh-huh. the person for okay. the coloring. Oh, okay. hey, put it this way we just talked about how in the Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> literally the mistake from Super Saiyan 3 with the eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a mistake but then it people picked up on it and just like roll with it and shit it was the same thing for Ichigo Ichigo was mentioned to have red hair so his hair was not supposed to be orange I think it was like some type of bleaching issue go figure bleach but whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> so his hair wound up coming out orange but um, Kubo had wrote this one as a second chance into it the Shonen Jump did not want Bleach. They were like, no, we tried with zombie powder. We don't really, uh, and we're not really feeling Bleach. We don't like it. So this is a pretty funny thing. 
So apparently, how the story goes is that Akira Toriyama wound up finding, wound up getting hold of one of the original, one of the first, you know, pilot um, chapters of Bleach, and he loved it. He said, "This is amazing! Like, I want to see more of this." And because Akira Toriyama, you know, Dragon Ball Z has been such a hype that has been watched at the, even in this time, like not even now, but I'm talking about during that time too, like in 2000, 2001, that, you know, Dragon Ball Z was so hyped worldwide. Everyone in the world knew of Dragon Ball Z and loved it and, sh- and shit like that. So if Akira Toriyama says he likes your shit, that means your shit's good, right? <laughs> so, so because Akira Toriyama... Um, bleak. Oh, it's a Seth to yes. the creator of Dragon Ball yes. Z. Oh Lord! Yes. Matter of fact, there's literally a YouTube video about it. It's a quick. It's a it's a YouTube short, and the dude had talked about it. Um, and it was like he does like a really quick recap, but he titles it. I think he says Akira Toriyama or Dragon Ball Z saves Bleach. And he was like, "What do you mean?" But yeah, he talks about that beginning portion that literally. Because the Toriyama managed to get a hold of this note, they still don't know how he got it. I think it was like one of his assistants or something. But yeah, wound up getting nice. a hold of the story, and he read it, and he's like, "I love this. I want to see where this is gonna go." And so he actually wrote a letter to Kubo, telling him that he loved it and he wanted it to keep going, keep going. I want to, I want to see what happens next. Like I'm loving your story. So Shonen Jump was like, "Well, shit." The curator Yama likes it. I guess we're gonna put this shit out. Put it out in Shonen Jump. Fans loved it. The first beginning part of it. Um, unfortunately, like being like having such a dark beginning, Ichigo's mom is dead. He's living with his dad, and his dad is a single parent trying to raise him and his two little sisters. And he's just like not even he's not cold hearted, but he's trying to be as cool as he can. And then you know we wind up getting Orihime introduced and stuff, and and then you know just introduced the the Shinigamis, you know the Soul Reapers, and, and this is not the Shinigamis from Soul either. <laughs> So this is a different Shinigami. So keep that in mind for people who are listening. Um, there are some correlations, but there are not. There's no main hey, Shinigami. We are so. not Soul Eater. We are <laughs> no. entirely different people. Get it right. Very much so. Plus, Soul Eater came well after Bleach anyway. So I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so and it, it's it's just the fact that like fans loved it. They, they saw the story and it was like, this is like hella interesting. We watched it. We read the first chapter and was like, we're ready for the second chapter, ready for the next chapter. And then towards the end of the Substitute Shinigami arc being the first arc, towards the end of that arc is when finally it gets picked up as an anime. And then, we, you know, fans who read the manga, even fans who didn't read the manga, heard about the anime and it was like, yo, we heard the story is really good. Why not give it a try? Started watching it. Oh my God, we love it. We love the music. You'll never get over the music when Ichigo's music when something's about to get on. No, no, do, 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 do. for real, for real. I was looking at um, totally not Mark review, and one thing that blew my mind is that when you read the manga or the light novels, one thing that most manga or light novels don't do is at the end of that book you get two character inserts like ichigo and or Hime, like you just mentioned mm-hmm. they have their own song 
Bring yes. in the pages. <laughs> so that way you can go into like YouTube or whatever, listen to that song, and be like, that's like the perfect theme song mm-hmm. for that character. And I was like, exactly genius. That. Genius. So, like Kubo went all out on this one. And it was it was an absolute hit. So I mean, yes, later on, I had wound up stopped watching it first. I, I mean, obviously, I've gone back and caught up. I'm all, I've, I know the entire story of the Thousand Year Blood War, and boy, am I fucking excited for the anime. Um, especially yeah. considering the fact that because due to Kubo's health, what wound up happening during the time he was writing the Thousand Year Blood War arc, he wound up having to rush it. So there's a lot, like a hell of a lot of plot holes inside the Thousand Year Blood War arc and a lot of shit that doesn't make sense that a lot of fans are upset about. But fans also understand that Kubo's health was bad and Shonen Jump wanted him to finish the series because they weren't sure if he was still going to make it or not. They honestly thought he was going to die. So he wound up like having to hella rush a thousand year blood war. But now that he's doing better, his health is doing much better. And he is um, he's going back and going back into the story again, not just in the new hell arc that he just released out. But also the fact that he's working with the he's working with the producers to make this anime, um, he's going to flesh out the story more. Now, if you don't know as well, if for people who've read the manga and watched anime will know this, but those who've just watched the anime don't know this. Um, the manga, uh, he's had issues with Shonen Jump, not just with the zombie power incident, but timing. Kubo's manga when how he writes is very different than a lot of other manga could do so like for example kira toriyama um or even like the dude like the people uh do who wrote yu yu Hakusho and hunter hunter if you actually read those mangas you have pages of pages of nothing but straight up words like i'm talking about black panels with just white words written in them and there's very few pictures kubo is a visual storyteller in his mangas, you have panels and panels of there'll be no conversation whatsoever. It's just straight up action. Or he'll draw facial expressions that you're just like, huh, there's nothing written here, so I don't know what the character is saying, uh, how the character is feeling. You look at the picture and you can tell. He's an illustrator, and that's how mm-hmm. he writes his mangas. So he winds up having a lot of stuff is being told not by words, but by facial expressions and actions. And his pictures, his illustrations do a fantastic job in doing that. But because of the fact that he always has so many uh-huh. pictures that doesn't explain things a lot, he ran into a lot of time issues with Shonen Jump. So Shonen Jump was like, yo, uh, your next chapter is supposed to be due by the end of the week. And what you're doing? He's like, well, I'm still working on it. So he winds up rushing a lot of stuff. So because he mm-hmm. rushes it, a lot of story gets left out. So some of the story that he fills in, he'll either fill it in in light novels, or if you watch the anime, you'll notice that there are some differences in the anime than it is the manga. And that's because the anime, in in most cases, is a little bit more fleshed out than the manga because he had more time to work on the anime. He has more time to be able to work on those illustrations and let like facial expressions, let the music background, let the environment, the change of colors and tones tell the story rather than just people talking so he was rushed a lot with the manga so with the mangas there's a lot of rushing you can tell that but in the anime he gets more time to do that so because he's had this history where the anime fleshes out story more 
that's one of the main reasons a lot of a lot of people are looking forward to Thousand Year Blood War and um, Thousand Year Blood War arc anime instead of the versus the manga because he was hella rushed with the manga. It was hella rushed out, but we're hoping that he's able to do like he's done before, where in the anime he can give out more of that story. <clears throat> so we're hoping that. You know, with all the episodes that we're going to get, that we're going to get more into certain fights because some fights were rushed. But we're, we're hoping that maybe we won't get the same thing that we're going to that we read into the manga. We're going to get more of what he intended to give outside of his health and the time issue that happened. Right. So, yeah, overall, as you can tell, like I have. I've, I've grown to love Bleach a little bit more because I've gotten the chance now that I've gotten to understand what happened in the light novels, understand those stories in the light novels, understanding more of like what was happening with Kubo, you know, while he was writing all of his uh, manga as well and all of his illustrations and stuff. I, I gained a new love for Bleach. So I had a moment that I stopped because to me, it was just like any, every other anime, whatever. But then it's always different when you have a, like, you wind up having a mangaka that just loves his series and pours everything into it, which is the reason that he went back to the Hell Arc. Because they actually, um, why he created the Hell Arc recently, because they actually did an interview with him, and he was like, imagine having something that you poured your whole body, your whole heart and whole soul into, and then it's finally over, but it's like your baby, and you, you don't want to just let it go. And he's like, you know, I, I had opportunity to start something new and start something different, but starting something new wasn't this. He's like, Bleach has a part of me and I, I wasn't ready to just let it go yet. And now we have the hell art <laughs> that's coming out. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm not mad, to be honest. I'm just hoping he doesn't have the same time rush constraints. I'm glad he's in better health, but I'm hoping that he's able to utilize his time and that he doesn't get rushed out because the last thing we need is more plot holes again. Man. Just leave him alone. Let him do his work. He is great. Akira Toriyama likes his work too, man. Just let these mangaka do what they got to do. I don't mind. The same thing like for video games, bro. If you announce a video game, but then you would tell us like, you know, a couple weeks or a month beforehand, hey, we got to push out the due date um, that we're the release date because there's a couple things we got to work on. I appreciate that. I would much rather you release out a very good game that you worked out the bugs, tested out the glitches, then uphold your release date and send nothing but a bunch of crap. <laughs> it's just me, though. <laughs> All right. That, that was my quick spill <laughs> onto it. Sorry. Because we still got to go into the actual arc itself. But that was just, that, that's my, like, obviously you could tell I have a love, a, more of a love for Bleach now. How do you feel about it? <laughs> Bleach, for me, how can I put this? It was interesting, like, because at first, you're thinking, okay, here's this delinquent type dude. You know, he's not really a delinquent. It's more like, uh, yeah, he's the type of dude that refused to be, like, pushed around, you know, try to act all cool and shit, but you know that he cares and he'll do the right thing when the occasion arises. So it's like Ichigo comes and comes off as a good guy with a tough guy exterior, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, aside from that, 
he, of course, just to make sure that the plot of the series kind of kicks in and makes sense, he has this special ability of being able to see spirits. And as he tries to protect uh, the spirit of this little girl from a hollow, he witnessed this clash between this uh, hollow and a female soul reaper that will later um, meet in his room by the name of Rukia Kuchki. And <laughs> in a very funny way, she tries to explain to each girl the basic duties of soul reapers and the act of soul cleansing using these. Uh, it's like, you know, the way that she draws things and it just looks all like, bro, did a kindergartner drew this shit? <laughs> Who did, did you draw this? <laughs> it's like not even trying to um, be mean, but it's like it just. It was just so cutesy that you would think, bro, like, who did somebody in kindergarten draw this shit? Like, I don't know. And then, anyways, this hollow named uh, Fishbone, he returns to absorb Ichigo's high spiritual energy. And by attacking Ichigo's home, that's why you have those panels in the manga and the light novels where the way they uh, transition to the action just feels more compelling and like snappy like it's almost as if uh compared to the anime to where you can kind of sort of predict what was going to happen in the manga it happened so fast that it just straight up surprised you like that's the kind of shit that i give taite kubo points for because it just it was almost like as snappy as fully coolie i think but you know, not the anime, not exactly, but more like things just happening out of nowhere. That's just how I'm trying to get at with that. But uh, in order to save his family from getting killed by Fishbone, Ichigo had to uh, take Rukia's power into himself and become a Soul Reaper and slash and hack at uh, Fishbone. Uh, aside from that, Bleach as a whole, I would say, hmm, hmm. I want to say it's good, like especially the fight scene, but plot-wise, I feel like it did kind of drag along in certain spaces. Like I felt like even with this first season here is 20 episodes and I understand that okay you gotta introduce a whole bunch of characters in order to do proper world building so I forgive it for that but a lot of times it just kind of feels like a lot of these episodes or manga chapters well I don't know maybe the manga kind of got to the point a lot quicker than the anime (laughs) but uh, with the anime though I just felt like "Eh, I see what y'all going for and what y'all alluding to but y'all need to like Taste this a little faster than that, you know what I mean? I can understand that. That's why I was yeah. like, it was very different for me early on. Too, but then that's why it's, it's a different appreciation for me now because I understand why. Like now I understand why. And when you go back after you understand why, then it makes so much more sense. Then you're just like, ah, okay. <laughs> it was a little bit, it was supposed to be more of a visual storytelling. Like, 
I would appreciate that. It's one of those ones that uh, it's one of the things that I appreciate a lot for, like I would say for me, like Korean movies. Like, uh, what was it? Um, it was a mo- movie I had just watched recently, Train to Bun, Trains to Train to Bun You or something. I don't remember exactly what it was called. I feel bad about that. But it's, a, it's a zombie movie, but it's a Korean movie. Um, I watched it. You can find Amazon Prime. Train. No, it's not Dubai. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> But this is a zombie movie where these people are stuck on the train and stuff. But the thing about it is, is that in, in this movie, there's not a whole lot of talking. Like if there is talking, it's mostly people like yelling, come on, come here. You know, we got to go. And that's about it. But as far as like explaining everything that happened, you only have like these little quick moments of scenes that actually have dialogue. Most of it is like visual. And a lot of Korean movies that I've seen before, um, superhero high school, um, and this is not a like like anime or like animated movies. These like live action movies and stuff. So Heaven's Heaven Sword. A lot of these Korean movies are visual storytellers. You won't. Th- there's not much dialogue in it. It's either action or there's just like you're visually seeing how they're reacting to situations happen. If a village is getting burned down, you're looking at the main character's face as he realizes that he has failed to save his family or the main character's face where she has realized that she was supposed to try to help out or she was supposed to do something good, but she's questioning, is this really the best course of action? And it's like you, the story is told through reactions, through like actions and visual and stuff like that. And so for people who really like watching anime, for most anime, that's not what you usually have. <laughs> it's usually right. like dialogue or action. <laughs> There's not really much of a just visuals of seeing how they react to things like that. Or if it is, you get that in like 10 seconds. Kubo, you'll get like almost 10 minutes <laughs> in an anime <laughs> of a person's <laughs> reaction emotionally to something outside of like dialogue, explaining things and stuff like that. So it does make it feel like it's dragging on. But it also, it can make it feel more realistic because sometimes you're not going to talk. You're not always going to talk about everything. Some stuff you got to just right. kind of sit and just let happen. And so you're just there. It is difficult. <laughs> That's all I can say is that it's difficult, bro. See, can I be real with you for a second? What's up? Ichigo, as a character... I want to say I don't hate them, but it's like the way they kind to, I don't know, maybe my memory of watching the series is kind of a blur because I do remember a, lot, uh, a bunch of shit that happened in the series. But at the same time, Ichigo specifically, I'm like, he's your, he's sort of your typical shonen hero, but not really. Like, you know, he's, kind of sort of tries to break out of that stereotype but yes. what I'm trying to get at is personality wise I feel like I can't help but find him kind of bland though still it's like definitely mm, and so like, actually, yeah. I'm sorry but just I understand having like flat character arcs but I was like I just feel mm. aside from his mother dying and some other shit it's almost like I don't really feel anything for Ichigo. It's just more like everything that happened was to serve the uh, purpose of the plot, but uh, yes. it's like, eh, Ichigo is like 
one of those expository characters where it kind of feels like uh, Ichigo as a main character is more like an avatar to the audience to yes. kind of explore the Soul Reaper, uh, Quincy, Hollow uh, world of madness, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh, you don't really feel anything for Ichigo specifically, uh, but everybody else is like they have this backstory where it's like holy fuck Mm -hmm. well that's the thing um because so i'm putting putting this aspect that's one of the reasons that i also like yu yu hakusho yusuke yurameshi winds up being a key factor in a lot of stuff that happens in the story but the story can still go on without him and that's one of the things that yusuke always wanted he he did not want to be a part of all this shit he just wanted to live his life it's the same thing for Ichigo. Sure. I'm going to jump a little bit because I know we're really talking about the substitute Shinigami art, which is still mostly an introduction. So we can still yeah. jump around a little bit. Ichigo changes significantly throughout the story. And I'm going to jump around a little bit onto this one. First off, starting off like this, bland. Yes, because that's who he is. He doesn't want to stick out. He doesn't want to be a person that does anything. He likes helping people. That's just inerrant into him because he's a shonen hero. You know, that's what shonen heroes do. Uh-huh. But he doesn't want to, like, step out and do shit like that. <laughs> he doesn't want to do anything. He was living his whole life. So understand this. When he took Rukia's powers, he took all of Rukia's powers. So he was frustrated because at that moment, she was like, I, I need you to take over. Like, I don't have my powers, so you're going to have to do my job for me. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Like, literally, his whole reaction was like, are you kidding me? I just wanted to live my life. I don't feel like doing this shit. She literally had to drag him out of shit. Like, quite a few times in the very early chapters, she had to drag him out of shit. However, whenever his friends or people he's close to become in danger, he will step out. You don't have to drag him out because he's trying to protect his friends. As far as any, like, I'm the hero of the world, he didn't want to do that shit. (laughs) He legitimately did not want to have anything to do with that shit whatsoever <laughs> and so he's supposed to be that bland character he's a normal person he's not this i was born to be a hero type shit he was born under extremely unfortunate circumstances <laughs> okay <laughs> when you really get that chance of understanding how it is one of those points that i like the writing of how how Ichigo is everything, how Kubo was able to write that, but at the same time, I also kind of disliked it too. <laughs> I dislike it because I'm like, damn, so he's this, so he's this, so he's this. But damn, is there anything that Ichigo is not? But then at the same time, when you understand, Ichigo feels the exact same fucking way. <laughs> he's one of those ones that's like, bruh. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm a Shinigami. Oh, wait, my dad's a Shinigami. Oh, okay, cool. Hmm, whatever, I'm gonna move on with my life. Oh, and then like, um, so he starts off being the substitute soul reaper, which a lot of people misunderstood what that meant. Being a substitute soul reaper, the reason he took all of her powers was because he is part Shinigami. So really, he awakened his own powers slightly by stealing all of hers. So it was a slight difference into that. Um, Urahara actually did a great job explaining that later on. So then... Rukia's powers are snatched back out of him, given back to Rukia again, so that way she can go back to the um, go back to the um, Soul Society. Then you have his development first changes there. 
He starts off by he already had befriended Orihime. He was already a friend of Chad. But then growing to understand a little bit more, he's like, okay, so my dad is a Shinigami. He said that actually means fuck. That means a lot. <laughs> because that means that whether I want it to or not, shit's gonna happen. And whether he wants it to or not, his sisters are gonna go through shit as well. He's a big brother. Mm. So now it's like, yep. fuck. I have to protect my family. Then he's like, I have to protect Orihime. Then it's like, I have to protect Chad. Then he's like, fuck, protecting them means I got to protect the whole town. He's literally, he <laughs> doesn't want to do that shit. <laughs> then Rookie gets kidnapped, gets taken to the Soul Society. Then he's like, fuck. He said, now nah, I got to go rescue her ass too. They're like, you don't necessarily have to do it. He's like, look, she saved my life. It's the right thing to do. Plus, she's a cool person to be around. Also, I'm upset with that other redhead motherfucker who came to smack my ass like I was nothing. So I need to do that shit. That gets Renji Abara for that shit too. <laughs> and Bianca, who just one shot at him like it was nothing. He's like, nah, and I want to fuck that blackhead nigga up too. Because that motherfucker, you disrespected me. Nobody disrespects me. And so he travels all the way to the Soul Society. He runs into all these different captains. He literally, in a sense, becomes a, almost a friend of Kimpachi. And I know we, we're going to get into more of those discussions, but I'm just saying. So he becomes friends of some captains. He manages to save Rukia. And then he goes back. And he's like, huh, you know what? All's good in my world. Sure, there's some great evil eyes in this out there, but who the fuck cares? That's none of that's that's nothing that I care about. However, because of another circumstance of fucking Ichigo's birth that again he has no idea about, he's part hollow. Oh great. How the hell did that shit happen? And because he's part because he's Shinigami, who's also part hollow. Eisen says this man is dangerous. So what does he do? He sends two of his he sends two fucking of his strongest Arankar. He does not send weak ass motherfuckers. He sends one of his <laughs> he sends two of his top ten, two of them, and sends them to go find Ichigo. <laughs> he did not send some weak ass Arankar motherfuckers. He sent two of his best and said, I need you to go find this nigga and tell me how powerful he is because it's a chance that he could wind up foiling my plans and I don't want that shit to happen. So again, Ichigo is now back to his normal life, minding his own business. Guess what happens? Two of the most powerful motherfucking wrong cars show the fuck up out of nowhere. And then he's like, hey, uh, we was told to come and whoop your ass. Excuse me? <laughs> I was minding We are my here business. to attest your abilities. <laughs> Exactly. And then after they whoop his ass, then they leave and said, mm, you were trash. You were nothing to worry about. We're going to move on with our lives. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so now he's <laughs> like, so, now, so now imagine imagine you finally got to a point that you were calm. You already did your shit. Congratulations. I saved my friend and somehow saved the slightly saved the world a little bit. Cool. This ain't my problem no more. Motherf head motherfucking guy shows up. I'm making it your problem, bitch. The hell? <laughs> Ichigo was wanting to live his life. Then, and this is the even more fucked up part about it. Now he finally gets to the point, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of jump into a quick spoiler into this. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is important. Appreciate y'all listening. Y'all already know this if y'all hyped for the Thousand Blood War. Anyway, Ichigo winds up having to fight 
so many damn times. Fucking Grim Joe shows up and he's like, mm, my nigga, I want to smoke. Uh, these two other motherfuckers were supposed to kill you, but they failed to do so, and I'm gonna come finish the job. So now Ichigo's like, man, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so Grim Joe sh- comes and wants to smoke, whoops his ass. This is like a bad episode. It's like a bad episode of Baki. Matter of fact, this is literally an episode of Baki that happened to um Muhammad no. Ali Jr. Muhammad no, Ali no, Jr. No, no, no. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I love that part. <laughs> Where I was like, um, Grim Joe just fucking socking yeah. um, Ichigo right in the face to a point where he grabbed that motherfucker by the yes. head. And I was like, pow, 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 Just kept punching him in the face he, constantly. He shows, I was like, ah, that's disrespectful, so, bro. So, I love so it. Imagine so imagine that. You got disrespected again. And now you're just like, I was about to just live my life. I was about to do nothing. This had nothing to do with me. And y'all motherfuckers came and made it my problem. Now I got to do some shit. So now he trains with the Visars. He gets a little bit of a power up. Then he gets round two with Grim Joe. <laughs> and then Grim Joe's like, oh, motherfucker, you got stronger. Oh, shit, yeah. I want this smoke, my nigga. Then the fight gets cut. And then Ichigo's sitting here like, bruh, bruh, <laughs> bruh, I'm still weak as fuck. I still got my ass handed to me. I, I want some smoke now. I'm mad as hell. Honestly, I want some smoke. <laughs> honestly, um, there's a bunch of the Espada that I like, but like I gotta say specifically. Yeah, specifically, I would say my favorites would be between Tia Haribel, uh, oh. Ukiura, and Grim Joe. So I like Haribel as well. However, I do agree with a lot of fans that Haribel needed to be fleshed out more. Um, yeah. she gets, like she gets no real love during the whole fake Karakura Town arc, and she really gets no love during the Thousand Year Blood War arc either. Like she gets no love whatsoever, but she's supposed to be the strongest motherfucker that's there right now. Mm. Like it's it's some real bullshit. Like that it, it was real bullshit for her. But <clears throat> Well, we would get into that point, but then so like, but I want you, but understand this is all part of Ichigo's development. Okay, so all of this shit is that he starts off again. He just wanted to be a nigga who had who wanted to do nothing. He didn't want to do anything. He was like, I just want to live my life. But he kept getting pulled in and pulled in and pulled in. Then you know he has this whole fight with fucking Ukuyor. That shit goes left. <laughs> like, and he gets round two with Ukuyor again. That shit goes left. <laughs> Then he winds up getting again another Yu Hakusho reference. Ichigo ta- winds up tapping into his unknown power and ability, which we're really going to talk into because, like, the real um, <clears throat> his real Zonpato spirit, like, not like the hollow Ichigo who we grow to love, uh, who I, I really love hollow Ichigo. When you really understand his story, like, bruh, tragedy. But tragedy that still says I'm a badass motherfucker in the end. I like I have nothing but love for Holly Ichigo. But anyway, um Hey, when I say so that, that he never lied, he never he lied. Did. He never did lie whatsoever. And that the whole series, he never lied to Ichigo. But Ichigo thought that he was swearing to God that he did. <laughs> well, swearing to his Quincy powers that he did. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but going back into it was like seriously. So he finally gets, you no know, like his ultimate final Getsuga Tensho 
and he winds up losing his powers to Aizen. Now, at this point, you've been forced to drag, you've been dragged into saving the world multiple times now. You've been forced to drag the world, to save the world so many damn times that at this point, now this has become part of your character. You are now a hero of the story. But guess what? Now that you've been forced to do that, now they're like, okay, you can sit on the sidelines now because you have no powers anymore. <laughs> and you're like, bro, what the fuck? Y'all done made me do this shit time and time and time and time and time again. Now I'm ready for the smoke. Now I'm sitting here. I'm ready for the smoke, my nigga. Now, now he's that shonen hero that wants to save the world because he's been dragged out of it so many damn times. It's become a part of him. In the Fullbring arc, a lot of people hate it. And I know you don't like it as well either. But I, I didn't say I didn't like it. It just more like I kind of tapped out because eh, I just didn't get around. I didn't care for, you know. And that's the thing. This is another one of those ones that is not very action oriented. The Fullbring arc is all about Ichigo's development. So, and when we get to that arc, I have a whole lot to talk about in that one. But it's one of those ones that the Fullbring arc a lot of people don't like, and I understand that. But it is, like I said, it's totally for his development because it starts off, he has no powers. Then after seeing all his friends going out and they're doing something, like they're going out trying to save the world, they're going out trying to save the town and shit. He's like, ain't shit I can do. I ain't got no power no more. I'm now ready for the smoke and y'all took it all away from me. What the fuck, bro? So I'm now ready to be a shonen hero, but now you're telling me, no, go back to your normal daily life. How the fuck you going to do that? How you going to pull me out my comfort zone Make me this person that I am now and then say, go back to your comfort zone. You can't do that shit. So he's literally having a whole mental battle right now. And then on top of that, because nobody would tell him anything, he thinks everyone is lying to him. And that's a difficult thing about it, because every time he tries to talk to them, they literally are purposely keeping him out of the loop. They're doing it on purpose because they're like, we don't want to worry you and there's nothing you can do about it. And he's like, that's not fair. That's really not fair. I want to help. Even if I there's nothing I can really do, I can still cheer you guys on. Cone gets more love in this arc than fucking Ichigo. <clears throat> Cone's only ability is to pop his pill out his fucking stuff, bear, out his stuffed lion's mouth and shove it in Ichigo's mm -hmm. mouth and turn him into a Shinigami again, right? Cone gets more love than Ichigo does during this arc. Cone is able to do some shit, bro. But Ichigo can't. And it's like, imagine that shit breaking you down. You've now been made to be this shonen hero, and you're broken down because you have no powers because you gave it all up to save the fucking world, and now the world has turned its back on you. That is how he felt. He's like, I literally saved everyone, and now all of you are betraying me. And then that even goes even further with what winds up happening in the Fullbring arc as well, too, um, when old when old dude finally shows Ichigo how to get his powers back, but then comes and steals Ichigo's powers again. <laughs> You've got to be fucking kidding me! It's like I finally got power back again. I can finally do something to help. Y'all no longer have to keep me out the loop anymore. And then steals that shit from him again. Literally, the most like the Fullbring arc, the one panel, at least to me specifically. Um, I know probably some other people may think this way. When Ichigo breaks down crying, because at this moment, he's lost his powers not once, but twice. His best friends are no longer there for him. 
Uryu has been beaten down, just got out of the fucking hospital and doesn't have enough power to really help him. Orihime and Chad have been under a type of hypnosis. It's not really hypnosis, I know, but for the time being, we're just going to say a hypnosis until we get to that explanation. <clears throat> his literally his love interest and his closest one of his closest friends has turned in a sense turned their back on him. And then he thinks his dad and Urahara have now betrayed him by stabbing him in the back, not even figuratively. Literally, they literally stabbed this motherfucker with a sword. (laughs) (laughs) His back through his chest. He turns around crying because he's like, I gave everything for all of you. And all of you have betrayed me. (laughs) He literally felt that that is the most absolute moment of despair that any person can ever feel. You gave everything. And in the end, what you think is happening is that everyone is now out to kill you because they don't care for you anymore. And that's, that's what makes it even more fucked up. The full bring art is all about storytelling is all about Ichigo's development. It is one of the darkest fucking chapters in any manga or anime in existence to me because this one broke down the hero not even to the point of like oh the hero's been broken down and he's like the people he thought he could trust it's not even so much the people he thought he could trust literally to him every person that he had no choice but to trust is out to kill him is how he felt at that moment and then it changes up to being that he's like, oh, we weren't the ones that stabbed you. It was actually Rukia. He looks, Rukia, you stabbed me. What the fuck? She's like, oh, no, you look at what I'm holding. And she's holding a smile. She has a smile on her face. He's like, I have Shinigami powers again. And he's like, oh, my God, I thought this was the end. I thought everyone I love betrayed me and then killed me. I thought I got Julius Caesar in my ass, bro. Rukia. And two. And so... Then that development, so that's a whole different development for him too. Literally being broken down to absolutely nothing, and then having to come back up again, and still take the mantle to save the world again. And then with the thousand year blood war, which I'm not going to spoil into because for people who are only watched the anime, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But it's just it's put in this aspect again. Ichigo finally gets a true understanding of who he really is, and he finally gets the power to defeat this ultimate evil. And then this ultimate evil just says, mm, "Fuck your powers." <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just it, it's like imagine if Goku was like like fought against Frieza, went Super Saiyan, and then his Super Saiyan powers were taken away. Then he goes up against Cell, goes Super Saiyan 2, and then his Super Saiyan 2 powers are taken away. And then he goes up against Majin Buu, he goes Super Saiyan 3, Super Saiyan 3 powers taken away. And then he goes up against fucking Jiren, he gets Ultra Instinct, which this did pretty much happen to him there. He gets Ultra Instinct, he's right there, and then boom, Ultra Instinct powers are taken away, and now he's like about to die. But imagine that happens constantly, over and over and over and over and over again. Ichigo is not Ichigo started off as a bland person, but he wound up becoming a, a very tragic ass hero. 
Yeah, it's absolute bullshit that happens to him. <clears throat> I went into such a long explanation into that one, but it, like, Ichigo is a character. Like, in all honesty, a lot of videos I've seen of breakdowns of Ichigo, mo- most of those just videos alone of him and his character development is no less than two hours long. <laughs> And I just condensed that down to almost like 20 minutes. Bro. <laughs> oh. So I Ori- love it. <laughs> but no, um, but yeah, no, it's like he he is. He's a character that is difficult to get into if you're so used to like shonen protagonists that are always getting the one up. He never gets I mean, the one up. Everyone gets the one up. I see. It's not even that. It's like the fights that he's been in. Like I can relate to that shit and all the tragedy that he's been through. Yeah, I can relate to that shit. It's just more like uh, for some reason I was just kind of expecting some sort of personality that kind of like sticks with you, like or at the very least, it's like um, when he is being like inspirational, whatever, like motivational. I don't know. It's like maybe I need to go back into the series again to kind of feel something for Ichigo, but it's almost like Ichigo is alright, but it's almost like when you're when it's over and done, it's almost like aside from what happened to him, um, it's almost like you don't really walk away feeling any much for him. I don't know. Like maybe I'm being an asshole, but I don't know. It's like. I'm not gonna say oh. so. You're being honest, like for I mean, that's the thing for you. It didn't reach out like that, and that's okay. Um, like I said, for me, it was. I felt the same way, which is why after going through these breakdown analysis that I had been watching a couple years ago, and then earlier this year, continuing to still watch them, and then getting a chance and going back and watching it again after these breakdown analysis, that's when I got a, a better understanding. <laughs> for me, it did help out to go back, but when I first saw it, no. <laughs> I got enjoyed the fights. I enjoyed the music. The designs were pretty cool. But you're right. With Ichigo, it was difficult to get into if you didn't, at least I would say for me, and I don't want to put it that way, but I can't think of another way to put it. If you don't have the maturity of him <laughs> that he has into it, like, I guess for me, it's very different. Not just so much being a dad, mostly like just being an adult now, <laughs> like having shit to actually do and understand that you having moments because even in my life where i have literally done everything i could i've had so many times i've done this where i've done everything that i could and in the end it's still i'm not gonna say amounted to nothing but it didn't go anywhere that i expected it to go right to where i felt that who i trusted betrayed me and it was that moment of i was let down and i felt absolute despair and so it's when, if you don't, if you haven't been through that, you don't fully understand what Ichigo is going through. But if you have been through that, you understand that. And I can see Kubo put himself in this character. And as you can imagine all of that happening to him, like what happened when I mentioned before with Zombie Powder. He was doing well. He thought that this was great. And then the fans said no. And then Shonen Jump said no. The people he trusted that was going to help him, was that he was going to have this vision for himself and it didn't go through. He loved Zombie Powder Show, his Zombie Power manga. He, he loved that. 
that was something he really was into when he was doing it. But then everyone else just shot him down and he wound up having to completely cancel it. Not even the fact of just like, oh, it got dropped by Shonen Jump, picked up by another place. No, he had to completely cancel it. He had to stop writing it altogether. That has to hurt. <clears throat> so you can see that development into him, but like I said, for me, it was going back. Like going back and watching it is where I definitely got a more understanding into it. So I don't know. Maybe now if you go back and watch it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then having this understanding, it will you'll go into the Thousand Year Blood War arc and understand. And also one thing to understand too, the Thousand Year Blood War arc, Ichigo is not our main character in the (laughs) Thousand Year Blood War arc. (laughs) He is the main character, but at the same time, he's not. (laughs) Okay, so I want you to understand, like, please understand that. Ichigo does not become the main character until the end. (laughs) It's like it's like um, JoJo Part Five with Giorno Giovanni. It's more like he yes. was uh, kind of like one of the sideline <laughs> characters up until he rose to the occasion. Yeah, at the very end with the with the final person, then all you no, know, he's our main character. But until then, this this whole show is about every the, like Thousand Year Blood War arc is about everybody else, literally. Yeah. Like this is your time to. This is the time specifically for all of the Shinigami captains. This is the time to, to really understand more of the lore between um, the Serite and the, the lore between the Shinigami versus the Quincy's versus the Hollows versus the humans. And understanding that there is such a the distinctive difference into that. Um, so going into the Thousand Year Blood War, understand this is this is not a story all about Ichigo. <laughs> if you read if you've read the manga, for those who haven't, like I encourage you to still read the mangas. Yes, some parts of it is really rushed, but it's still, you get fleshed out. Like, there's dedicated chapters, like, back-to-back-to-back, like, five or six chapters, sometimes up to 10 to 12 chapters um, of other characters and their fights and their developments and shit. And Ichigo was not mentioned in anything. This is straight-up uninterrupted fights. (laughs) And that's (laughs) all it. So understand, look, this happens significantly a lot in Thousand Year Blood War. You leave Ichigo and don't expect to come back to him for a while. There's sometimes you don't come back to him for almost an entire book. Like there's a whole book dedicated to certain fights sometimes because some books have like seven, eight chapters into it. So if it's a 10 chapter fight, you may go through like more than half a book or an entire book. Ichigo is nowhere in that book <laughs> because it's not only about him. It's about everyone else. <laughs> Yes, like you said, part five in, in JoJo, like th- this is about other people, bro. Or even like part, um, not part six, like part seven and part eight, where we still have our main JoJos that we follow, but we have like chapters that's branched out to other characters and shit. So, but then you know, they'll splice in the main character every now and again. Ichigo will be gone. Like that's straight up. I wonder what the fuck happened to Ichigo. It was a whole book without him. Exactly. This is a storybook, bro. Oh man. Okay, so we're running low on time because I know Ichigo again. Ichigo is a lot to talk about into. Uh, Orihime, yeah, whose literal name is Princess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you laugh at. I'm be honest. Like you know, here in America, this is a very common thing. You know, that we have. I got a I got a little nephew named King. 
For real, that's his name. If I see him, what's up, King? That that's his name. <laughs> There's no other translation for it whatsoever. His name is King. Boom. And you know, we we fought. We love Prince. We love his music. That's his name, Prince. <laughs> it's not his actual yeah. name, but it's what we call him by Prince. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Princess Orihime. Orihime is a very is a very interesting character. I feel like her love, her highlight came in the Roncar arc, which was really yeah. weird because technically she's a full bringer. And I do agree with a lot of people on this because a lot of people have mentioned this. I've seen in Reddit and in other videos as well. Orihime and Chad are both full bringers. So the full bring arc should have really fleshed out their powers and them a lot more than it did. In fact, they were they were there, but they were damn near non-existent there in a sense. Mm-hmm. The full mm-hmm. was really disappointing, um, both in the manga and the anime. So it really kind of sucks there. Like you, you really want to get more from them. Um, but Orihime, her development really to me was in the Aronk was in the um, Aronkar arc and the Fate Karakura Town arc, where it was her and Ukuyora. So Ukuyora's development was directly coincides with Orihime. And him changing as a character in the end is specifically because of Orihime. And we get a more understanding of her, her personality. And I think mm-hmm. she's cool. I do think that towards the beginning of the show, she was very much overly clingy to Ichigo. And I'm glad she was able to... <laughs> Back up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> how would you? How did you feel about Orihime? <laughs> well, I like Orihime. She was cool. Like uh, she definitely had her uses with her abilities, and she came off as the type of girl that tried to be uh, cheerful despite her history. Like you know what what happened with her brother. In the substitute Shinigami arc, and mm. it's like, you know, she she's the type of girl that you think that she's always trying to cling on to hope, um, when even when things are looking dark. So it's like she's the kind of girl that you can't not. Like. I, I mean, I can't necessarily say I like her though. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe personally, I just, I just. <laughs> She's all right. Huh? Okay, so I, I don't like her, but she's all right. <laughs> I don't know. Again, to me, I feel like if she had a chance to be developed more, like we had, saw, we saw some good development for her in the wrong arc, and then the Fullbring arc, it was just bad. So it, there, there was not enough development for her, and I, I felt, I felt really bad about that. Like I yeah. probably would have liked her more, but not really. In fact, um, I'm not one of those fans, but a lot of fans were really mad about the fact that um, Ichigo and Orihime got together. But yeah. it was kind of expected when you really think about it. It was like, no, he's supposed to be a Rukia. Okay, but Rukia is a Shinigami. If you keep in mind, even though Ichigo's dad is a Shinigami, he's in a Gigai. So <laughs> he's in a fake yeah. humanoid body and was able to impregnate <laughs> um, Ichigo's mom with that. Like with the fake guy, 
which really shows how good Urahara is as an inventor. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm just saying. But yeah, it, it was okay. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? Of course, Rukia. Uh, I want to say between Uryu and Chad. Uryu and Chad. Okay, so Chad. I love Chad. I like the fact that they brought uh, a Hispanic person who's Mexican. So I can, he's a, a Mexican yes. <laughs> into the anime. And like they kept him in his dark skin tone. They kept his hair as his hair is supposed to be. Well, I say it's supposed to. You know, everyone has different hair textures, but I'm just saying, bro. Like... We didn't just like, oh, he's Mexican, but he looks like straight up Asian. No, they there's a distinctive characterization for him. His design is like fucking amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> Chad, I am upset about because he took nothing but a bunch of L's. Chad mm-hmm. had a like literally he the same thing that happened to fucking Vegeta <laughs> that we had just <laughs> talked about. I'm for real, it's the same shit. The same thing that happened to Vegeta, where Vegeta had his main sacrificial moment. He exploded, and Boo was supposed to just be gone, but instead they did it right back, where as soon as all of a sudden he's like right there again, and it was like, oh, it was all for nothing. That same shit happened to Chad. Chad gets his development again, just like Orihime, in the Aronkar arc, but not in the Fullbring arc, considering the fact that he's a Fullbringer, that makes no sense. This arc should have been about the Fullbringers. But it was only just about Ichigo. Um, yeah. So I'm, I am really upset about that. I really wish we got more of a flesh out for Chad. Can I Can uh-huh. I just throw this out there real quick? Uh, random thought, but I thought it was funny. How with Chad's ability with that arm, like, I understand that it, if he uh, developed his own two arms and whatnot, he has this, like, curse in a way. And we'll de- um, dive into that when we get to that part. <laughs> But yeah. uh, I can't help but think that with the way his ability works sometimes, it was like, for some reason, I couldn't help but think of uh, Kazuma from Scry. You remember the anime? Yeah, I do, actually. I, I can see that. Because the thing about it is, unlike everyone else, because, you know, a Fullbringer's ability is supposed to be like you develop a special ability that is not of this world, in a sense. By mixing um, hollow re- Ryatsu um, with that, that winds up developing in the human world inside of a developing baby gives them their own special powers that is completely different of a hollow ability, except Chad. Chad, both his right arm being the ultimate, being so like ultimate destruction, and his left arm being the ultimate shield, winds up, he's more of a hollow than anyone else. And that's one of the things of why he felt it was a curse, specifically, is because like his ability is straight up hollow. Unlike everyone else that has like special types of powers that go along with their hollow abilities and shit like that, that's not it for him. He is damn near a hollow in humanoid form, in a sense. So there was more development that could have really came written out into that, but that's just kind of how it was. Yeah, he was a hollow with a heart. It, yeah. And um, but then the thing about it is, is the fact that his right arm is supposed to be so immaculately strong that it can destroy anything. And his shield is supposed to be so strong that it can block anything, but it can only do that up to how powerful he is. And so that's why I said, like, I was upset because he had his one shot. He defeats a major enemy 
obviously not one of the top 10 Arankars, but he still defeats a very powerful Arankar. Yeah. And then right after doing that, another Arankar comes off and just chops his nigga's arms off. And you're like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> even give him a chance to really like huh i won yeah this was tough but i was able to do it dude didn't even have a chance to breathe or have a brief monologue with himself before another motherfucker showed up and just chopped his arm like what the hell and then just chop any arm you chop the arm that's the ultimate shield that's horrible (laughs) 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 it's like fucking horrible bro (laughs) it's it, it hurt my feelings. I was like, you did, you could not give him that W for week at all, could you? <laughs> He's like, well, he had the W, but he had the W for like two seconds. Like, what the hell, man? Uh, Uryu, Uryu had a lot of development. You can tell he was meant to be the, the Vegeta to Ichigo's Goku. <laughs> you can tell he was meant to be that. And anime is always, is always one of these things. You either have one main protagonist that's overpowered, if you have an overpowered protagonist, it is only just that one protagonist. If you have protagonists that develop, it's usually this way. Usually you either have two protagonists that are, in a sense, counteract with each other. They start off as enemies and then become friends and shit. Or you have three that wind up developing together since the beginning of the story. <laughs> it's always I'll the see. same. Usually one, two, or three. That's funny because I remember... Uh, getting ready for this review and one thing in particular that i like is that with between soul reapers and quincy's soul reapers believe in purifying the spirits of the hollows and allow them to ascend to the soul society quincy's they're like nah fuck all that shit they're dying i don't care well uh, i don't because i don't want to spoil it there's a reason for that and it is explained a thousand year blood war. So for the time being, yes, we have this real understanding that Quincy's just believe in destroying all hollows completely. However, that's not actually what happens. Not per se, or it's not that's not how they truly feel. It's more so the fact that their powers can't save them. Their powers only can destroy them altogether. No, and sure, for sure. Yeah, there's there's a reason for that, but it's more heavily explained a thousand year blood war art. Urahara gets a chance to really explain that, and so yeah, we we can't dive into that one too much. But yeah, <laughs> for the most understanding is the fact that it's believed that Quincy's just feel that way, and it comes a question of why well, why is it that they just don't you know fight instead to purify them? Why do they just destroy them all together? So that it almost felt like a plot hole device. However, based upon how Kubo had talked about it before he finished the substitute Shinigami arc, he actually had a, not a full development of the story, but he did kind of, he already had pre-wrote out all the way up to the thousand year blood war arc. Um, he already had pre-wrote it out by, by the end of the substitute Shinigami arc. At least was believed to be. So, I don't know if that was just maybe a mistranslation on our part, and maybe in actually in the original Japanese it doesn't specifically say that, but I don't know. <clears throat> um, I'm not I'm not sure onto that one, but it it is different than that. However, um, Uryu does get a lot of development. We get an understanding for him. Um, one honestly, one of my fan favorite one of my favorite 
characters. I say fan favorite. I mean, like, I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite characters of the Quincy's is Ryukin, um, Ryu's father. But we get no real development for him. And this actually really sucks because even in the manga, we get zero development. We get zero un- real understanding about him, minus the turn back the pendulum arc, which is the full explanation of Ichigo's birth and everything. And we understand that Uryu and Ichigo are they're not related, but damn near close. <laughs> like in, in a sense, like my best friend's kid type, my nephew type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so it, it's a very weird thing in itself. But we, we get a little bit of development for Uryu, underst- Uryu and Ernest understanding that he doesn't like his dad because his dad has abandoned the Quincy way, but he doesn't understand why his dad has abandoned Quincy's. And he doesn't understand why it is that his dad has actually tried to get rid of his powers, but apparently Ryukin is so fucking powerful that he can't get rid of his powers. Like, he's tried, but he can't do it. But Uryu can Ryu has lost his powers also, just like Ichigo had much later on. And this is one of the reasons why Ryu was one of the people who did not want to leave Ichigo out. He was like, I understand how it feels to not have power and still want to help out. So Ryu was was removed from the picture, you know, by the secret person who we understand, who we know who it was later anyway. But he was removed from the picture. And so that way he was not able to talk to Ichigo. Because he would have told filled Ichigo in. He would have told Ichigo what was happening because he went through that. So that's where we get Ichigo's development as the only person who could truly help him was, was taken out the picture. And so we get that. We, we have a lot of development for Uryu, but we get a lot more development for him in the Thousand Year Blood War arc. Um, and I'm happy that we do get so much development from him there, too, because it almost felt like we weren't going to for a little while, and then we finally got something. Um, but yeah, it was one of those cases of, like, you know, he didn't abandon the Quincy way. He believed in his grandfather's teachings all the way up until the point where he finds out that Mayuri um, purposely let his grandfather get killed. <laughs> and then after his grandfather got killed, took him, took his spirit, because when Quincy died, they still go to the Soul Society. They they uh. they don't really they don't outright explain that, but it's pretty much hinted at. Mayuri let um, Uryu's father die, uh, grandfather die, and then Mayuri explains and even shows Uryu a picture of the purse of the Quincy, the last Quincy that he tortured and got all the information out of, and we find out that that was Uryu's grandfather. So Mayuri purposely let him die, then took his soul and tortured it to the point that it no longer wanted to exist anymore and was destroyed. Uh. Now, Mayuri is a captain that you don't love, but you appreciate. Yeah. (laughs) You appreciate him, but do you love that motherfucker? No. Nah. Not at all. I don't know candy for my Yuri, but hey, man, I respect this game. This is true. Him and Urahara, because both of them are about the same. Urahara has he has thrown people under the bus. He, the fact that he let Ichigo and the gang go to the Soul Society, knowing that they might actually die, but he did it on purpose to cover his own ass. 
because he didn't want the world to be destroyed, which is understandable. He doesn't want the world to be destroyed, so there's a reason for it, but he's really covering his own ass and shit. Um, but he let them all damn near die for his own gain. And he didn't do that once. He did that shit twice. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those ones that you're like, people's like, oh, I love Urahara. Okay, you love Urahara, but do you really know what he's about? Really yeah. know what this, he's doing? <laughs> because he's almost Man, killed our really main character. Mr. Hattenclaw. Yeah. He's like, he's almost killed our, our main characters twice. <laughs> And Cone is Cone. I'm not going to talk about Cone. But anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I like oh, What about Ichigo's sisters, uh, Yuzu and Kari? So, Kari gets no development throughout the entire story. Z- no, no, no. Wait, wait. Hold on. Mixing up. Uh, up. Kari is um, brunette. Yuzu is the blonde. Okay, yeah. Y- Yuzu is no development whatsoever. Karin gets some development through when we understand, like, her and, and Chad. They get a nice little moment together where we get some development for her. Other than that, she's left alone. <laughs> the story writing for her sucks. However, and I, this is really could not, not necessarily going to be a spoil, but apparently she does become a Shinigami in the Hell arc. Hmm. So she winds up joining the Shinigami Academy. So... Okay. So, so we're expecting to get more development for her. Um, her sister is apparently just living in a, a normal life. So uh-huh. we don't know. We get nothing yeah. for them. I can't really say anything about that. Yeah, fair enough. Ah, uh, what? Well, that's all. That's about it. Yeah, that's all the time we have today. So today, like like you said, substitution and gummy art was just introducing introducing people. I mean, we we have some really great moments like you know Orihime with her brother getting close to her brother um but i do like this apparently kubo did a really great job in this part where if you go back and reread the manga chapters and even in the anime you'll see this that every now and again when ichigo is fighting hollows or like when he's fighting hollows before uryu is introduced that uryu was actually introduced earlier so he's actually introduced as one of ichigo's classmates you see him in the classroom, but then when Ichigo is fighting Hollows in, in a lot of different panels, you'll see a shadowy figure that's standing on the side, or you'll see a figure that's also wearing like a school uniform that's the exact same as Ichigo's uniform, uniform from the school that he goes to. And if you actually pay attention, there's details into these um, into them that show that it actually is Uryu, which so before Uryu actually officially shows up. Uryu had literally been watching Ichigo for a while. So it wasn't him just saying that. You can actually go back in the manga and see him looking at Ichigo and Rukia since the first day. So I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh my God. And so people actually took pictures of it and sent back. And it's like, yo, right here, that's Uryu right there. And you're like, holy fuck, that doesn't like Uryu. <laughs> <laughs> So it's really cool. Um, but unfortunately, that is all the time that I have for today. <laughs> so was there anything well, else that you also wanted to mention as well? Nah, that's about it. I'm honestly ready for the Soul Society or uh, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. 
So yeah. then we're going to go ahead and actually talk about story a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this episode to the end. Uh, keep in mind that Zealots of Nerd Entertainment have a Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can follow me, Jet Black Extreme, on Twitter because uh, fuck all that when it comes to making a separate zone account on Twitter. I feel like I'm just going to use my Twitter for uh, promotional reasons anyways. So, yep, just follow me at Jet Black Extreme on Twitter and we'll notify you of any updates on our end on Twitter and also in Discord and also Patreon. But Patreon is going to get more behind the scenes uh, exclusive updates and other stuff. You know, like, for instance, now that we're setting up a Patreon, uh, we can set up private podcast episodes specifically for those who subscribe. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I feel like it was very appropriate to do the Bleach Extreme review in October because even though most people probably won't think it would fit the theme, but when you think about it, like it does have to do with like seeing spirits, ghosts, um, people getting killed, and all that shit. So I figured, and in a way, it kind of fits the horror zone thing. Like I want to say it counts. So, with that being said, stay spooky, my friends. Sinister things are coming, and we are zoning out.